Uduwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha city they dwell. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin, a place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places, the dead congregate in the ghost field, but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts, Chitichpur, where the rich plot to buy the horizon, Bundavest, where the refugees of two different nations flock, and Pasarhandu, the vertical maze of market and murder. And here is Udepath, where the ceaseless temple resides. Its inhabitants, a family, a snake, and a god. The temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten. Watch as it turns the wheels of revolution. Welcome to Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast about people who take risks so they can survive against the odds. Hi everyone, my name is Zohib, aka Clow. I'm the editor of Desperate Retune and also one of the players. If you're listening to this, you've probably just come back from listening to our first episode. This is a recording of us making and introducing our characters. You could think of it as uh, our episode zero. We wanted to put this out there so that you could get a better insight into our characters, the relationships that we have in mind, some potential um, ideas for character arcs and so forth, and also get a sneak peek into our version of the city of Uduwasha. We recorded this and our first episode all in one sitting, and then afterwards we really couldn't decide which one we should put out first. So we decided, why not release both at the same time? Enjoy listening as the ceaseless wheel continues to turn. This is genuinely exciting though. Uh, I'm very nervous. Would you like someone to hold you? It's like I've I've got my cat. Fair enough. All right. So, Tree, GM, get us started. Ah, yes. Okay. So, I like how you welcome just, to... that's just GM as a verb. Just Tree, GM. Be your thing. Yes, I should pull up the roll 20, actually, so that we... Um... Oh, yeah. Are we okay with a candle ablaze as the title of, like, this season or, like, campaign? I'm fine with it. I'm feeling it. Yeah. There's something, uh, I, like, I like the name, like it, it, it hints that something's about to happen, right? Yes. A candle blaze. In that case, let us press crew creation. Choose a crew type. We have done this. Uh, we are the acolytes of Forgotten God. Of course, this means something very different in Uduwasha because uh, the manner in which gods have been forgotten here is very different. Um, reputation and lair. Your crew has just formed and acquired a lair. Well, this is not exactly true. In fact, the temple that we're going to be playing in has been around for a very long time. However, our crew has only now recently arrived in it. What do we feel like about reputation? Um, is there something... Because the 
standard list is like fairly like heisty, right? Like uh, ambitious, brutal, daring. I want our reputation to be proud. I think that we are a proud crew. Oh, that's good. I do like that. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think proud is very good. Okay. Um, we did discuss what the temple kind of looks like, but I'll just go over that from my recollection, which is that it it's it kind of juts out of uh, the slope that makes up the city of Uduwasha, right? So even though yeah. it is built on several levels, in fact, on the extreme end, every level is kind of exposed to uh, the city. But over the centuries, much of the temple has been abandoned or uh, it's fallen in and it's in disrepair. And so currently only some of the temple is being used. Uh, and the way that I imagine this is uh, the part of the temple that opens out onto the street um, and the courtyard and so on, that is uh, still in use. And the main sanctum sanctorum, which is where the candles that we light to remember the dead. And does our forgotten god have an idol? Uh, we have the, the snake avatar, right? So I guess we don't need like a statue. But is that what most people pray to, or is it kind of like the thing that we? All ah, right. Okay. Okay. What do other people pray to? Mm. So, are we okay with the idea of the chakraborty, like the sort of like ceaseless wheel or whatever we want to call it? Yeah, I think yeah, it's. Uh, I, I like. I got really hooked on that at least. Yeah. 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 I like that also because it is the uh, it is the word in Sanskrit for emperor. So it's both like the ceaseless wheel and like some form of rain. Which what which which is what we like in terms of like what we think our god is doing, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh okay, great. Um look at the map of Duskwall. We don't have one, we have the map of Uduwasha. We know roughly where the temple is, but do we wanna uh now identify exactly which of our districts a temple is in? Uh, I think we do. Does everyone have access to the rough map? Yes, I can see it. Just a, uh, I guess, um, question to help me visualize it. Uh, for uh, Gili Gili Guli, yes. is that how you're saying it? Gili Gili Gali. Gili Gili Gali. Yeah. Um, like, is it, is it, well, you said it's a, it's a crater or a crevasse, but it's like, I mean, it has to be huge, right? Like, yes. so much so that, like, a lot of sunlight. It's almost like a valley, kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could be there. Like I think it, I think it makes sense for us to be in a fairly like working class kind of like rundown, maybe a bit forgotten sort of place. We could even be in the Udu, which I have noted here as a district as yeah. a landmark, but it probably should be a district as it is in the book. I think it is a district. I think that I'm also interested. I think the old city is probably somewhere between Gili Gili Gali and the Udu. Yeah, I think we should be a bit further up to give our jutting temple some gravitas so i think the old city maybe is more fitting mm. Ooh. okay yeah so like right in the center of everything i think yeah i mean are we imagining uh uduasha as like a a broad uh upside down cone with the udu at the center so what they said is that it's a caldera right so imagine that the top of a volcano uh got blown off right so yeah, that that creates a fairly even pit, right? It should be, like you said, cone shaped, probably. Yeah, yeah. So it's like broad, but like not too deep. 
I I think like uh, I mean uh, like we don't have to uh, follow the the real life uh, geology, of course. But uh, usually, what happens is like you get steep. Like it's like a I don't know. Like the the walls are very steep, but then it sort of levels off. So it's not like exactly like a cone. Like it's more like a I guess it's more like a bowl, right? Like where the mm-hmm. yeah, where the walls are very steep at the edge, and it gets slowly less and less steep towards the center. I think it may be extremely cool to have it be a rather steep and vertical city. Uh, yeah, it's like a narrow cone rather than a wider cone. Yeah, I think so too. I think it. I think it's cool if it's narrow. Okay. Yeah, and I think this also explains why like traversal is tougher, right? Because a lot of these roads are very tight corners. And they go up and down at like a, a fairly like rapid incline. So if you're not careful, you will like fall and break your neck. Okay. So we're in the old town. I think it makes sense. Okay. Are we saying the old town is like actually pretty wealthy with a lot of old like landed families in there? Or are we saying it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy? I think it's cool if it's old money, but it's one of those, like, everything is changing. It's a cool epicenter for this sort of conflict between old and new, I think. So you probably have some, some like, some penniless nobles that are, like, you know, or not nobles, I guess, because the actual nobility is powerful. But, you know, penniless old families that have, like, a bunch of heirlooms that they are too proud to auction off, but they also don't have any money. Probably next to, like, some new money people that have moved into abandoned mansions and are, like... I mean, it, it is one of the, the like, future. I don't know, like, that's sort of how I places in, in the city that, like, the citizens take pride in, right? Because with, like, curated parks and, like, water features in the, in, in it, like, it's in the center. Yeah, exactly. What I'm going for is more pride than actual money. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. There what is Harry both, Gretchen but there's more about, pride like, than money. The kind of person who puts, uh, who, like, scrubs their sheets to be like super white and then has nothing to do yeah, with yeah, yeah, I remember that. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think I like that. Yeah. All right. Okay. What uh, do we want to call this? It could just be the old town. I'm thinking of, like, in general, uh, not just in so- South Asia, I think across the world, like, the old parts of the city are just old, cities, right? like old Budapest. <laughs> yeah. Like old Delhi, uh, you know, like it's just old X, right? But I think here calling it old Uduasha like implies that it, it this is what was around before like the Demon Princess turned up, maybe? Yes, I think um, so. That's what I was thinking as well, because I said that some of these families have been around like before then. Do we, so do we call it Old Town or do we call it Old Well? Did we Since give I mean, it a name like that's well. not linguistically related to like I mean a lot of the names we've been giving are South Asian, Middle Eastern. Like should we give it a a name that's not like that sounds like you can tell that this is linguistically like different. Oh. What it, what what it, what is uh Dutch for Old Well? <laughs> Okay. It's out of pit, but I think I think we I, I think that would in, imply some sort of Scotlander influence. Uh I think it 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 is very funny to me if like the ancient archaic pre-Hadrathi language is based on Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> unexpected, but Yeah. I, I think by the way, Emma, not only have I decided this, I have also nominated you for any like future 
if you find like ancient scrolls inside the temple, they will be <laughs> um, so just so you know. I'm going to be writing all of the newfangled forms in like some bastard mix of Urdu and Sanskrit. So uh, like the Europeans better pull you away. Um, yeah, I think that sounds good. Uh, oh, see, that's, that's how it's called Udu. Udu. There we go. Oh, <laughs> I see it. Yes, very good. Very yep, good. Mind good. Blown. Incredible. Yeah. Um, great. Okay. So establish your hunting grounds. Again, your hunting grounds. Is your hunting grounds the same place as your temple? I think it would have, it would kind of have to be. Although as a player of the noble sport of roof ball, I also therein include the roofs, of course. They're, they're part uh, of our hunting yes. ground. Okay, I think maybe that is what traditionally has not belonged to the temple that now belongs to you, right? Like, and obviously the roofs are, everybody knows the roofs are different to the buildings themselves. Um, but ever since you've turned up, it's become clear that you don't, you not only like safeguard or uh, are proud of the buildings, but also the roofs that sit on the buildings. Yep. Okay. Uh, in that case, yeah, the entire city is divided among larger, stronger factions, uh, which I think is true of Uduwasha as well. So who do we think the roofs used to belong to um, and from whom you have taken them now? So what's the opposing roof roof ball team? I actually have a good relationship with the opposing roof ball team. I've noted them down as my vice purveyor. Yeah. So we have a friendly rivalry. Yeah. And I don't think the teams like own the roofs right. in the same way. No, ways. I don't think they do either. I think it should um, be some sort of cult or some sort of like civic institution. Right. Okay, then let's call it a civic institution then. Let's call it... I will come up with like a fuller description, but let's say that in fact, there, there probably is a department of the civic infrastructure dedicated to maintaining roofs because mm -hmm. of the way that like they are used in the city. Um, obviously bribing this department is also part of playing roof ball. Um, uh -huh. And there's all kinds of like home advantage, et cetera, right? But like I think- Clearly they are, clearly they are formally chimney sweeps. <laughs> Because why else would they be on the roofs? Yes, uh, that's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's call them uh, the chimney sweeps for now, and I will come up with a better word. Yep. If, uh, and let's say they are tier one. It seems to me that like it is unlikely that they are so powerful as to be tier two, but they are definitely like fairly well organized and can be uh, can be a force to be reckoned with. Of course, if we want to be struggling with more tough challenges, then they can be tier two. But to me, tier one seems about right. Sure. Chimney sweeps, tier one. Hmm. Yeah. Minus one. I'll just put that. By a, yeah, so I want now... to point out. Uh, no, go on. I want to point out that by a very funny coincidence, the chimney sweeps in Sweden spoke in their own secret language, which was based on Dutch. <laughs> so <laughs> there is the time. The chimney sweeps somehow have retained the old tongue. It's all coming together. Oh, that is so good. Um, so apparently the chimney sweeps are also a cult faction now. Excellent. Um, so 
currently, uh, if you, you start with two coin, if you give the chimney switch one, one coin, you are neutral. If you give them two coin, then you will gain plus one status with them, or you can tell them to take a walk off a roof and just take minus one with them. Uh, sorry, I missed the part about why we have minus one with them in the first place. Like, uh, why? We don't have okay. minus one with them in oh, the first okay. place. It's just... Oh, right, right. They are expecting, like, this is their turf. They are expecting us to... Okay, okay. Yeah, they're yeah, expecting right, right. payment. I think if it's if it's common courtesy to bribe the chimney sweeps to play the sport, then I think we would have done so. Yeah, I think so as well, especially with uh, Miraz, Abbas, and uh, Vickers all being, like, roofball enthusiasts. Like, in, in fact, yeah. like, they probably wouldn't even exactly. think anything and, of it, right? They'd know, just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, the chimney sweeps, of course. Like, you know, pay your Yeah, pay. you gotta pay them yeah. off. That said, I don't think we paid them like a big deal or anything, so they're probably just neutral. They, we have like bribed them yeah. to look the other way, and that's it. Yeah, I think like this. Pro like I, I'm just gonna write the words NPC here, but um, you definitely know one person, right? Like with whom you made the handoff, and like the temple is on good terms with this person. Uh, and like by good terms, we mean that like you know, like you know that you know them, they know you, and mm -hmm. uh, you're not necessarily on the out, right? Um, yeah. So, like, I, I, I will, I will decide who that chief chimney sweep is. Maybe they're not even mm -hmm. the chief chim chimney sweep, but like, they are yep. the guys on. Hey, do you want the chimney uh -huh. sweeps to be that cult that uh, Chen was from? Oh my god! Inexorable flight or whatever. Mm -hmm. Who's that? Okay. Okay. So when I was playing in Klaus, uh, very zoomed in. Uh, Blades campaign. My character was part of a cult that venerated kind of endless flight. Um, and at some point in the campaign, she developed a severe aversion for ever touching the ground. Uh. Um, and it, 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 it might be interesting like, to make that part of this, right? Where it's like just a part of your religious devotion to never touch the ground, only traversed by roof. Um, they probably have all manner of ritual like associated with this, but uh, I like that idea that like there is something in being high up and then falling and so on that like is very important to the chimney sweeps. Yeah, we call them the pigeons. Yeah. Mm. Or the gargoyles, something like that. Yeah, let's let, the, let's do like gargoyles. a flying animal. Yeah, the gargoyles. I like the gargoyles. I love the gargoyles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's a fitting name, you know, the gargoyles are up on the roof again. The, yeah. yeah. And right. they're also the the things that you have to appease to play roof ball. Otherwise, they will fuck you up. Uh, okay, so that's your hunting grounds and your faction. Um, choose a special ability. I think before we do that, we should talk about, we should go through the cult's um, god creation process, uh, which I am looking up now. Yeah, I have never played a cult. Luckily, we have yeah, two yeah. veterans of of yeah, the we most have, successful we have two cult. old hats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, name your deity and describe it with two features from the list. So we have named it uh, the Chakrabarti, and we have also named it the Flaming Serpent. So uh, we love having more than one, and we have yes. we love having like contradictory. It is uh, a snake so the and a wheel. There you go. Yeah. The features here, we, I don't think we have to necessarily stick to them, but the features are alluring, cruel, ferocious, monstrous, radiant, sinister, serene, and transcendent. Um, uh, and we pick two? Yeah, I would say here, I think that like maybe like something like eternal 
or yeah. like inexorable makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and yeah, they... eternal, totally. Let's. Yeah. I, I'm all, I'm with you on that. Uh, so yeah, one of them will be eternal, uh, and the other one, um, hmm. eternal and unpredictable, as its two descriptors. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. 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 I like that. I like that. Uh, you always know that it will be there, and you never know what it will be. I mean, it's a time god. It sort of makes sense, right? Time yeah. is a given constant. But... You see, just like a snake sheds its skin every year, our god so sheds its former self to be born again. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, that makes <laughs> you're such a good uncle. Like, that's just amazing. Yeah. Miraz is uncle, just you just made that up with... on the spot. Miraz. <laughs> Miraz, listen to me. The cobra. Right? He does. Are you listening? Is patient. Yes, I <laughs> I, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna have Abbas like always uh like relate whatever he's doing to like the behaviors of different snakes. Like it might it, it's never gonna make any sense. <laughs> like he, you know, he's Good. not doing anything, it's like Miraz, Miraz. The the viper lays in its lair for months. It's patient. He's doing something. The cobra is always striking first. Miraz. You have to strike first. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I, I I hate this person already, and I'm gonna make for him at least three more uncles and aunties to be friends. With. Um, Good. So great, yeah. Uh, so now that we've picked like what our deity de deities uh, qualities are, we should pick a special ability. Um, and what is interesting is that like a lot of the cult abilities are like very clearly cult. Yeah, like. Which is not necessarily um, what you're into. So, what are you? This thinking? is a good moment to bring in the fact that we are a community center, and we could also have been hawkers instead. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think we can be like cult slash hawkers. I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. Would the good stuff be interesting in terms of? So we aren't actually selling. An actual product, but like I don't know. So again, this comes down to the fact that I don't know how well Hawkers manages to be stretched if we don't actually sell product. But like, could we interpret the good stuff to mean that the quote-unquote product, like the religious services we offer, the venue is good? Yeah, we yeah. we did this for the. Uh, oh, I'm the only one who played in the Undisclosed here, but the Undisclosed nightclub had the same idea where we played a Hawkers who owned a nightclub and we just went with it like the venue is our, our product. Yeah, so, so it's like, even though, so this cult like punches above its weight, kind of, like people know it, it's it's old. Is that good? Yeah, I think that like makes that? sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but I'm fine with it. Yeah, or is it, it was the idea that I was having, but like maybe something else is more like interesting to start with, more flavorful. Uh, do you have anything in mind? I like your idea. To be honest, I All think right. I think the good stuff makes sense because I think it provides us with a good fictional reason for people in general to know your cult, as opposed to like yeah. the various myriad cults that exist across town. Yeah. Right. The other one I would suggest from uh, from the cult abilities is anointed to resist supernatural stuff with the logic that our god is eternal mm. and stuff. So we're like difficult to affect with magic, but I think it's more flavorful to have the good stuff actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you can head towards the anointed 
uh, mm-hmm. when you begin to encounter the supernatural, but maybe right now that hasn't happened yet, right? Yeah, we mm-hmm. sort of are cult slash hawkers. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ju- this would be jumping ahead and, you know, we should be doing it step by step, but like, I think this is a good moment to flag that once we get to the contact, it should definitely be the serpent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're about to get there anyway. So assign crew upgrades. So cults start with resolve training and a cohort of adepts. Uh, I'm happy to replace that training upgrade with something else. The upgrade that you could get in the place of this training could provide some very interesting fictional texture. Whereas with resolve training, it's like, oh, okay, I'm training, I get to it. And like, you can always train anyway. Right. What the upgrade is giving you is that extra XP in that track. Um, then Ritual Sanctum in Lair? Wow, yeah. It, it just makes sense that we have something like this. I don't think any of us do rituals, do we? But No, but it's there. Yeah, it's there. Mm-hmm. Very good, yeah. Like, I think it's just a function of the nature of the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think Ritual Sanctum makes sense. Another one that might be logical is the cult rigging with the logic that we have free load of documents or implements because we wear them. Like, it's not that we have documents that say we are unofficial, officially priests. It's that, you know, you, we can dress mm-hmm. up as them. And that can also count for arcane implement, implements. Exactly, yeah. We have this, like, you know, badge of office that is just basically Mirasa's official robes and etc. Yeah, but I like the idea of spinning cult rigging like this. It's not that we have like extra pockets full of documents. It's that you know we have, you know, signet rings, uh, priestly vestments, whatever that work both to give temporal and spiritual authority. Yeah, I was going to suggest that this could be so. So we start off with two by default, and we're changing one around, right? So yeah. maybe cult rigging could be one of the ones we get in the character creation versus the default, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's how it works, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because essentially we're replacing. So I think I'm still. In, I personally am in favor of replacing the default resolve training with the ritual sanctum, just to indicate that that's just what the temple has. And then narratively, we we have acquired the cult rigging on top of that, and another upgrade. Sure. sure. Works for me. Um, I think in that case, let's. Actually, before we get to that, let's talk about your cohort. You start with a gang of adepts. Um, what do we think that like a cohort of adepts looks like for uh, this cult, and uh, also like what relationship do they have with like the crew specifically? I think what makes sense is that they are basically originally just like the temple custodians, these two or three people, and I want to imagine them to be old people, like of Abbas's age, who were just like, you know, they know arcane secrets just by virtue of having lived in the temple their entire lives. And that's why they're adepts. I just had this vision in my head for some reason of like a pair of spooky old women who are twins and who grew up here. Do they secretly know things about the temple that we don't? Exactly, yeah. And since we only have two or three, the the whole visual of Mm. twins. I mean, if they're three, I guess we could have a pair of twins and an old Mm. guard. We could have triplets. There is no reason no, for think, us not to have tri- triplets. I, there is not, but I think twins are cooler. I don't know. Okay. I just like the I just like the image of these like two, you know, 
old women. They look identical. They wear these very elegant, like ceremonial robes everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, someone else can come up with a different idea. That was just the the image I got in my head. Emma, do you have any thoughts? Not particularly towards girls, really. I'm trying to. I I like Prince's idea, but I I find it hard to like visualize this part of the game. Yeah, Norris. So. Uh, the twins. I want to write edges. If I'm if I'm the one who has a strong idea for this, then I'm going to write this down. Yeah. And uh, uh, their edge is going to be knowledgeable, like they know a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And their flaw is going to be probably unreliable, in the sense that we we don't like. Sometimes they just wander off into the depths of the temple, and we can't find them. Yeah, and sometimes you think it's one of them, and it's the other. Exactly. Yeah, they're they're unreliable, but they do know a lot. They're actually better informed than the PCs in this case. I like the idea that they're like really difficult to distinguish from one another, but they are in some way very like internally very different. So it's important to distinguish them from one another because. Ah uh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely yes. They look the same, but one of them is vengeful and one of them is kind or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. It's this mental image of Dark Souls NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey, 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 hey. Knowest thou of the. <laughs> Didn't Grant literally write a one page RPG about this? Okay, yeah. I, I thought he did write it. Okay, great. So that is our adapt cohort. Uh, so, cult rigging, the way that upgrades work, of course, is one faction helped you. Okay, let's pick the second upgrade before we get there. So what what is the fourth upgrade that we are feeling? Selfishly, I would like a workshop, like an actual workshop. But that's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm being selfish with that. Because I'm a leech. That's fair, but what uh, other things I, I think if Miraz, like if one of the things that Miraz would like to do is uh, refurbish the temple. Right? Mm -hmm. that, I think that would be pretty nice. Um, I'm... Not actually sure if what like if Appas is gonna be uh, bothered to like fix the temple and stuff like that. Like he he might be more of the oh whatever, it's just a building, it doesn't matter. But Miraz is like, oh no no no, we need to like you know the the engineer in him wants to fix stuff up. Could be another like There's something funny about that where you care a lot about this cult, but you don't care about the building, and I don't give a shit about the cult, but if I have to have this building, it better look yeah. good. Very good. Mm. Yeah. And, and like a workshop could be very useful for that. Yeah. Like that's the fiction, I guess, that that's what it's for. But like nerd mechanically, it helps me create, I don't know, Iron Man gadgets. Yeah. Who came up with Padma Priya and Padma Mukhi? Was that you, Prince? That was me. I just that's decided incredible. to give them names. I love it. That is. <laughs> okay, great. Wow. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> I want the names that sounded similar and also have like this mirror image aspect of each other. So yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, okay, so one faction helped you get an upgrade. Let's say that uh, the upgrade that you were helped to get uh, was the workshop. I think someone helped you clear out whatever it was uh, that was earlier in the place where the workshop now stands. And now you have like a fully functioning, if a bit like 
it's a bit it's still a bit like musty right like you still need to air it out i think before it gets like properly ventilated but serviceable um mm -hmm. so if it's like my workshop like i'm mm -hmm. the one with the hookup mm -hmm. uh so i don't really know that many people who know dosha mm -hmm. so i think what i would know though is the foundation mm. nice okay makes yeah. sense yeah 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 let's bring the foundation in they've been they're an underutilized faction and they're cool so yeah, yeah. weird freemasons yeah, yeah. Excited to see how they look like here. Yeah, and they were like very useful, right? Because they turned up and within about two or three days diagnosed exactly what they needed to do. And I think they probably like gave you the impression that they could do the same for the rest of the temple, but they would expect to be reimbursed and like they wouldn't it wouldn't be free, but you would absolutely get like a incredible job done uh, done by them on the place if you wanted. Excellent. So they are led by this person, and they're based in Golampit. Yes. Excellent. Did she come personally? Did Fozia and Sedek come to see your temple, or was it the kind of thing where she drew up the plans, and everybody knows the plans must be uh, delivered to the letter, and She's doing something else. I think in Uduasha, they're just a tier one gang. Mm -hmm. Like it's like a new concept here. Mm -hmm. So I think in that respect, Fazia Ansare could be fairly keen. I think this is her manic face, right? She's like, right. oh yeah, uh, new guy, uh, also from Dustwall. He used to be in the foundation, a brother. We have to get over here and uh, help help him out. So I think she was like super involved in the dirt thing, and she was like super enthusiastic. Right. Because I think okay. like they're very much in the phase of like showing that you know this is a good thing the foundation and uh, the people of Uduasha need us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this is a perfect example of it, to be honest. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's say plus one to uh, plus one to the foundation. Of course, you can spend your last coin with them to get plus two if you like. Let's see what yeah, what else we have. Yeah. yeah, let's see what else we do. But I love the idea of having plus two with the foundation, actually. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. We have one more coin. We we also offended someone, right? Yes. So you offended someone when you got your rigging, right? Uh, and I think the reason for this is that um, the sacred vestments of your order are very specific and require not just like being being made from specific things, but also being treated in specific ways, right? And one of the things that uh, the the eternal wheel uh, demands of its followers is the is that is that its followers be clad in uh, in in silk, because just like the silkworm, the serpent also um, sheds its cocoons uh, to become new. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this silk was actually like really important to somebody, uh, but I. Do not yet know who, because silk could be important to any number of people. You could have pissed off a noble house. You could have pissed off maybe like a uh, a gang who is dealing in it. Um, the hive. Do you really want to be yeah. enemies with the hive immediately? I have no problem with this. Anyway. Um, you said noble house as an alternative. What's what's worse? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. 
Um, the, yeah, the hive are less powerful here. That is true. Who is who is the hungering one? Uh, that's a cult. It's the empty yeah. vessel. Oh, okay. Now yeah. we've already we've already been at odds with the empty vessel inside the entire previous campaign. That's mm -hmm. that's let's not do that yeah, again. We already right. beat those guys. Yeah, they are very fun bad guys. We 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 fought them extensively. Yes. Yeah, yes. I just have a brief write up about them in the uh, Golumpet thing. I mean, I could, suppose mm -hmm. they could also do. But anyway, that's what they are. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think the hive makes the most sense if we're going for a trade angle. But I think we would have paid them off to not start at minus two with them because that's just very harsh. Yeah. So um, I guess we're at minus one with the hive then and have no coin. We're more interested in tangling with Munna. Is that the the cool guy? That's who is the, the cool guy? man. Yeah. That's the cool man who's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the very charming uh, guy. The incredibly yeah. charming man. Yes. Hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe. I I think I think... I would like to leave our relationship to him ambiguous. Actually, I would prefer to have negative relationship with the hive, but yeah, I think the reason that I like the like that is that then it leaves us more. Um, freedom to meet him on screen and see what the characters themselves do with him. Uh, exactly. And he's someone we've invented whole cloth, right? Compared to the hive, yeah. which we kind of know. So I think it would, I, I would prefer to be, yeah. I think it's easier to start in a rivalry with the hive. Yeah. Easier, not for our characters, but for us as, as telling the story. And it also makes a lot of sense because they are, I mean, they're the dealer in luxury goods. That's what they do. So let's give them that coin. I was going to say, in fact, I think that um, what happened is that someone who works for the Hive is somewhat of a friend, and they gave you like a shipment, right? Because they did a favor for you, but they really weren't supposed to do that favor, right? And then they mm -hmm. got in massive trouble. So you, maybe you gave them some money to like smooth it over a bit, but their bosses have not forgotten. Makes total sense. Yeah, maybe we can have we'll that person that. as a crew contact. Yeah. Someone in, who works for the Hive, but is not in good graces. Yeah. I'm going to put the Hive at Tier 3 in Uduasha, but, or do we want them to be Tier 2? I think Tier 3 makes that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, like they're building up towards being able mm -hmm. to challenge Munna and so on. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I don't think that like at that level yet, um, but they are definitely aiming there. OK. And choose a favorite contact. So obviously, uh, the contact that we were discussing was uh, the deity itself. Big snake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big snake, indeed. Or the, the avatar, I guess, since we left <laughs> it a little bit blank, if the snake actually is the deity or just some sort of manifestation of it. But either yeah. way, it's our friend. Very good, yeah. I think other contacts who kind of like naturally we've come up with are Fausia, because she's the leader of her own... Um, She's the leader of her own chapter, but obviously, mm -hmm. if any of these people want you want them to be um, personal friends, that they don't have to be crew contacts as well. Um, then there is uh, whoever it was at the hive, who um, is probably like polite to you, but like you know that like they can't afford to be too friendly anytime soon. Uh, yeah, and then whoever it, it was in the this... chimney sweeps. Yeah, it probably isn't this V by her person who is an NPC I made for Gilly Gilly Gully. She seems too high up, or do we yeah. want it to be that for no, conservation of NPCs? 
I don't think it's her. I think whoever it is reports directly to her. Um, okay. Because like, I think you're right that conservation of NPCs makes sense, but I want this person to be like a bit more local um, because that's why they would have done you the favor. Okay. Um, does anyone have a name for them or sh should I give them one? Yeah, I give them one. Yeah. Uh, hmm. His name is Moro Sim. He's a high fixer. Very good. He is Severusi. Nice. Okay. How do we know this guy? I think he's a friend of uh, some of the people who uh, occasionally pray at the temple. So I think he's like a familiar face that like, he's the kind of person that, you know, you kind of know well enough that you can ask for a favor. And if you're like charming, he will do the favor for you. But like, in this case, it wasn't fine. He thought it was going to be fine. He thought nobody would really miss that one shipment. And it turned out like, right, you know, right. like his boss was paying attention. Right? Mm -hmm. Is it like a friend of a friend kind of thing? Like the the, the intermediaries aren't like important for the, the game. Like, you know, we know someone in the temple who knows someone who knows this guy and this yeah. guy is the important guy. Yeah, basically. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so... One faction is also friendly with this contact, with the big snake. Um, and one faction is not. Okay. Uh, I, think, I think the Rakshashas should be friendly with the big snake. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yes. I think yeah. it's cool if we have some connection to them. They're a super cool faction, and I feel like we're not necessarily at odds with them. Because, you know, time, the burial of the dead. Yes. All that. Mm, yeah. All right. Uh, so, kind of a tangent. But since, um, you know, like... When someone dies, a swarm of bees turns up and eats it, right? What What is an enterprising uh, medical student supposed to do to learn about the human body? Uh, oh, yeah, there, there are no convenient grapes to be robbing. I, I, it's a problem I, in Dust World too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so I was thinking that at the university, uh, there are there's a gang of medical students who are uh, involved in... Uh, like who have found a way to keep the the bees off dead bodies? Like right. I don't know what that way might be. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they, they they steal um they steal corpses and like one of the, the the top surgeons at the university, like the man who knows more about human anatomy than anyone else, is like their ringleader. Now, of course, all of this is like uh, a rumor, right? Because how how else would he be so good at his job, right? They call the motballers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Also, very by good. the way, the way that you know that, like, you and I live in very different lives is that when you said top surgeon, I thought about somebody who does top surgery rather than a very good surgeon. So uh, you know, like, I was like, oh, I mean, I guess, and then like, I connected the dots. Um. Yeah, I like the motballers. Um. I was just thinking, in fact, that like uh, the I think the people who are like pissed off with your big serpent are the uh, the hull makers, the ones that use wax and so on. Because I think that if you have a very large snake that sometimes appears and doesn't appear, uh, that maybe it sometimes like destroys experimental hollows. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that like, in fact, the what it does in a street time. That's what. That's certainly what they it say. It destroys experimental colors. Uh, 
<laughs> experimental colors, definitely. But I meant experimental hollows. Um, what are the, not hollow, holes? What is, what is the? Holes. I was proposing that we call them golems. Yeah, I was thinking that. Like when you when you said wax, like holes, I was like, oh, it's just, just a golem, isn't it? Yeah, I think like holes are like what they make in Dustwall, like uh, this right. mechanical thing. You put a spirit inside, whereas these aggregations of spirit wax, I think they call them golems. Yeah, right. Okay. I uh, I just now had the horrific image in my head of like if they're made of wax. Of them as gigantic living beehives with oh, swarms constantly God. around them, crawling in and out of their bodies. That is definitely fucked up and now yeah. canon. Um, fucked up, <laughs> massive beehive holes. Okay, fine. Oh, God. Um, I missed the uh, discussion about the friendship between the Rakshasas and the serpents because I, 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 well, the internet shorted out. But I was just about to like voice the thought that um, the Rakshasas might have access to the serpent as well, in a like just in a way that they can sort of feed it. Uh, yes, I love I that. I don't know if that's, yeah. that's no. exactly what was discussed just now. No, but that's because they cool. are like disposing of things, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I I have this image of just like the temple basement being actually really deep and they have a back back door for like direct access mm -hmm. yep. yeah and i Absolutely. think sometimes the snake gets like leaves through the back door as well and gets mm, in trouble yeah, with like things right so it's probably just like accidentally stumbled upon like a very delicate uh trial of this hull that was like occurring and absolutely wrecked it and then walked away as if all like slithered away as if nothing was happening um this thing has the energy of an aggressive cat yes uh aren't you yes. aren't you so glad that you've made it your close friend um yes. yeah so i think that like That's this whole entire secret life we don't know about yeah mm -hmm. uh and i think that's why the uh what are we calling them, by the way? The people who make things with wax? They have a name? Chandlers. Ah, yes, the Chandlers. The Chandlers yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, it's minus one with the Chandlers. Of course, if you realize, you could, you could be plus two and minus two. Um, but unless you want that, it'll be plus one and minus one. Uh, let's start plus. Actually, maybe this is where the heart of our conflict lies. Maybe this is where we are, plus two, minus two. What do we think? I could see the argument for it here because both of these organizations are kind of involved with religion and tradition in a more active way. Say again, which uh, which two factions? Rakshasas and the Chandlers. Okay. The Rakshasas mm. and the Chandlers. Yeah. Mm. I definitely feel if the Rakshasas actually go to our temple. Yeah, then we probably have a plus two. With yeah, them. we'd be pretty close. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they must, and the Chandlers must be really mad about that hull. Yeah. Or golem, whatever it was. Thingy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're plus two minus yeah, two. Very good. Um, choose a fairy contact. You picked your. So wait, just uh, think. I don't know if I missed something or didn't get it. So the what? What is it about our snake god that may piss the Chandlers off? Like, how does it interfere with the golems? Basically, because your temple has a back door into the vast undercity, uh, the snake has in the past 
managed to sneak into the undercity and at some point while slithering through uh this like labyrinth uh it encountered the trial of like a very sensitive and very experimental like uh waxwork golem that probably like it, it was like maybe the first or second time it was like being live tested and certainly it was not meant to be live tested uh against a snake and the snake would have turned up with big you know rabbit cat energy looked at the thing and gone oh my god this is so interesting and like knocked it about a few times and then the second it stopped responding oh, it became bored and left but then the golem was left <laughs> like in the in the alley and like you know like what if the uh the wax wax word work golem like cuz they are like they are uh aggregates of like dead people right um it might be cool if it weren't like important to them because it was really advanced but because it was a specific very highly group of very highly uh, regarded group of the dead that is now oh. no longer accessible to them yeah like a particular family maybe like i also like this because maybe the snake is interested in it but also the dead are like is particularly like something the snake is interested in generally right because the rakshasas feed the snake corpses so the snake is like designed yeah. to be attracted to this thing and it's so weird and so like outside its regular experience uh that it like hones in on it right um mm -hmm. yeah more and more the snake sounds like a big cat <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah okay i love that um that is actually crew creation done. Uh so Excellent. the next thing that I want to do briefly is discuss an inciting incident. So I was thinking that uh just for just to get the ball rolling that we would um like have a classic like someone turns up at the temple seeking sanctuary kind of score, right? So like while we've set up like like mm -hmm. lots of like interesting like tensions um just for score one and like to get the ball rolling we have something that's kind of unrelated to all of that and all of that will tie in yeah right um and because we were talking about uh Udu Asha being a place where like it's quite metropolitan or like it's quite cosmopolitan sorry and we have like Scotland revolutionaries who show up um we maybe we have like a like a Scotland refugee seeking shelter here, which is not, I think, something that like really ever happens. And then like you have to do something in order to like make sure they are safe in some fashion. Okay. Uh how are we feeling about uh characters? Yeah, I would like to do a round of character introduction. Get a feel for who they are. Yeah, I think it would be nice to have a proper intro. Yeah, I volunteer our dear leader Miras to begin. Uh yeah, okay. So Miraz is Miraz Chakraborty. He's from this family, right? Of uh, of snake worship, of snake cultists. That's how he how he imagines it, right? And I think like he was raised well in the faith. I think he was raised in such a way where he was religious, but kind of imbibing his father's uh, religious beliefs, which were a little contradictory in the sense that his father was the head priest of the temple of the Chakraborty or the Temple of the Flaming Serpent, whatever name you want to call it. He was the head priest, but by uh, actual profession, he was an artificer. And 
he was really enamored with accuracy technology and accuracy learning. So he raised his son to both kind of venerate the the family lineage and the family temple, but while also kind of like giving him the message that, you know, there's other forms of learning. There's more modern ways of doing things, right? And I think the older he got, the older they both got, the more they were leaning into like the accuracy side of things versus like, uh, whereas the temple became more of a lip service kind of thing. And because of that, um, Miraz, when he finally managed to uh, become an adult and and uh, he he got a scholarship to study in Akros, he went to Dustwall, studied at Charter Hall University where he studied as a spark, right? By that time, he kind of like was ready to shed not just his European identity, but like most specifically all the stuff that, you know, all the family baggage with the cult and everything. And there he, you know, did typical accuracy things, uh, especially Roofball, big fan of Roofball, which of course is a really accuracy, but he identified it as such. Met his wife. Yeah, I think like uh, Prince can tell us more about that. Met his wife, Vickers, and I think he was basically all set to become a qualified Sparkrite, work in Akaros, probably never return home. And then he received news that his father was dying and that he should come back post-haste and look after his family. But the thing is that upon arrival, it turns out that, yeah, his father is dying, but that's not the real reason he's here. The real reason is that the serpent has communicated that, in fact, the torch must pass on from father to son, and it's my turn to be head priest, even though I want nothing to do with my family's weird snake cult. Aside from that, yeah, I'm a leech. Uh, I'm an artificer. Like, I have some Sparkrite stuff. I think mostly I'm going to be doing... I think I'm going to be approaching things with, like, scientific rationalism and so on, which is, I think, a funny trait in a head priest of a snake cult. Yeah, I am still maintaining my accuracy roots as much as possible, or at least the accuracy roots that I pretend to have, by, uh, yeah, spending my weekends at the foundation, um, trying to stay plugged in with, like, the latest scientific um, developments, see what we can do with Uduasha, this, like, ancient city. Can me, can myself and my foundation compatriots bring this ancient city into the, what was it, the ninth century? This is the ninth century. You might be, yeah, I yeah, know you're right. It's the ninth century. But like in Uduasha, they yes. start counting from when the demons came down. So actually here is the 13th century. We'll drag them down to the ninth <laughs> century. Drag them backwards. So that's yes. Miros. Would uh, Vickers like to go next? Sure, absolutely. So uh, to introduce my character, I will begin by quoting a 3,300-year-old poem by Enhedwana. Her wrath is a devastating flood with no, which no one can withstand, a great water course she abases those whom she despises, the mistress, a hurian bird who lets no one escape, Inanna, a falcon preying on the gods. This is Victoria Evangeline Chakraborty, also known as Vickers. That is incredible. She is the daughter of the, I forget which in the order now, one of the uh, earls. Earl Ashcroft, I think. Earl name. Ashcroft of Elysia, yes, the fourth Earl of Elysia. She is the daughter and uh, uh, possibly heir, there is a conflict with her sister, to this uh, noble house, which has is not fantastically rich. They have fallen on hard times, but they certainly have a lot of status. 
And they are famous for their willpower, which uh, Vickers has inherited in spades. I think she met Miraz in college. They studied together. Vickers was always more interested in sports, but she has a formal education, which has mostly revolved around uh, like classical studies and how to get married properly. That was basically why she was educated. And then she married a foreigner. Oh, I was going to ask if you had also been studying to be a Sparkwright, because we discussed that your father is a major military industrialist. Yeah. Probably, yes. Probably like a little bit studied, but mostly, you know, for the culture. Never never really intended to be like the the Sparkwright of the family. And then she married a foreigner for love, because that is the sort of person she is. She is an avid player of the sport of roofball and has adapted well to her time in Uduasha, taking it up more seriously full-time, and uh, assisting in her husband's scientific endeavors to the best of her abilities, which in the field of actually constructing anything are somewhat limited, but in the field of procuring contacts and resources are considerably more extensive. And she is, I think, more social and outgoing than Miras, and has attempted to build a network of contacts and friends outside just the foundation. Her special ability is the Tiger's Fury. You can push yourself to move to any location on the battlefield that you can see or push violently against your enemies, knocking them back, down, or over. This is particularly dangerous in a vertical city, of course. Yes, yes. I am well aware. Uh, her nickname in the roofball sport is the Angel of Death. Uh, it is a nickname she gave herself. Uh, people doubted and laughed at it at first, then they fell off roofs. Now it is a moniker that uh, other players use about her. Uh, she has a roofball team. They are loyal but wild. It's a small entourage, and I have named two of its members. One of them is Panchu. He is a simple, humble man with no initiative, but very melodramatic and prone to fits mm-hmm. of great emotion. And Socks, who is a feral child who sings a lot and is named for her unkept style of clothing, which varies a little bit from match to match. Excellent. I am... Um... Gonna try and resist doing a Oliver Twist uh, accent for socks. Yeah, you may you may uh, resist this, but you will take stress in the process. process, Yeah, I love. Oh, you are the GM, but now you're rolling to resist. This this is what Vickers does to a motherfucker. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Yes. So uh, yeah, she's a juggernaut, and uh, basically she would not be here if not for her unconquerable love of her husband which has made her do a lot of things that make absolutely no sense. But she is uh, very happy in her marriage, in spite of all notable things. And her, uh, I will note down also that she has taken to traditional Iruvian medicine, an interest which she shares with her uncle Abbas. And uh, yeah, her best friend is a healer named Amitab. I want to jump in and add that uh, Vickers, Vickers' dad, my father-in-law, uh, Sir Archibald Ashcroft III, the fourth Earl of Elysia, is my rival. <laughs> yes. And Vickers' rival is her sister, who is fighting with her for her, their father's inheritance. So, yes. family! And they're both here. I do love it. I mean, not only are they both here, they both hate that they have to be here. And it is entirely Vickers' fault that they are here. So, yes. they do not enjoy this. Yes. Um, Joan, would you like to go next? Sure. So, in the temple works um, someone who, at first glance, looks like an old woman. She has the posture for it. She has the movements for it. She has the, like, kind of grayed hairs for it. 
Um, but she is strange because if you look at her like longer or give her a second glance, you'll find that actually she has a young woman's face and she is not at all as aged as she appears initially. This is Joan. She is a, a very early retiree from a, a different profession, which was that of a railjack. But as we well know, that is a rather uh, a backbreaking job, a rather mind-breaking job too. And she had to quit, basically. She had to stop or she would give out. At which point she had to find something else to do. I think someone in her family suggested, why don't you go to Uduwasha? Why don't you go to Abbas, your uncle, and study there? Because I think the, 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 the faith was something that she had an interest in and something that she seeks to explore now. I think the one time that you don't see her moving like an old woman is, uh, was the one time that Vickers introduced her to the noble sport of Ruthful. Um, which she does really enjoy because it's still because I think moving and balancing was something that drew her to being a railjack, and this is a a different context which to like use those skills. So towards Miras, I feel like she might feel a certain amount of jealousy because the faith to which she clings really strongly is more his birthright, and she is rather mystified at how he seems to be more interested in like the sciences that she found very stressful. I have a suggestion here, and it's totally up to you um, how comfortable mm -hmm. you are on this. But I think Miraz doesn't like Scovlanders very much. This is entirely because when he was in Akaros, this was right after the Scovland defeat. So I think he kind of like imbibed a lot of those attitudes. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't think he's going to be like outright racist to you or anything like that, but like, there's a sort of vibe. I think it's cool, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Totally. And of course, like he has to deal with the fact that you're his relative, whom he never heard of, and uh, what's going you on see here. How Joan is uh, related to the family? Like, is it like a? She is. Uh, she's at least Abbas's right, ne right. niece, because that uh, like connection is rather like there. I I have no filling in for like who her parents are or what like exactly that family is. So perhaps it's it's actually logical that it's a little bit. Um, that has reflected in the story as well, as you said, Chloe. Like uh, this person who we don't we don't really know. I also I definitely know old people who like mm -hmm. have like seven siblings and three of them they haven't spoken to like for maybe eighty years. I, I, yeah, exactly, exactly what I'm thinking is that like Miraz might not know who Joan is, but yeah. if Joan shows up and says, "I am, you know, uh, cousin Feroz's like daughter." Uh, like, and he, you know, you remember he went off to Scotland, and I was like, oh, yeah, how, how is old, how is he doing? And like, oh, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, totally. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. And lastly, I guess we can, uh, actually, before we find out what Abbas uh, is like, why don't you tell us about your special? Ability? I think uh, I started. I started with goat footed, um, which is a railjack special ability. It reflects that she is has spent a lot of time working and running on the roofs of like speeding trains, like speeding rail cars. So she is very 
good at balancing. I approve. I love how everyone is into roof, roof balls. Yes. <laughs> it came together really nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that it is very important that we never clarify. Does roof ball have referees? Uh, I... Does roof ball have referees? Okay. Yes. I have introduced, in Ooh, fact, yes, a man okay. who is a referee, Old Leatherfoot. He lives in one of the districts. And I think they're mostly like old players on the honor system, pretty much. It's like very informal, but they do exist. I think it's very important that we never clarify what the rules are of roofball. Um, the rules exist. Uh, but... Yeah, I think the referee is honestly mostly there to declare what is or isn't yes. over violence. Yeah. <laughs> that's... The only thing I want to say about the rules is that Eruvian roofball is very different from Akarosi roofball. In what way, we will not define. But we know yeah. it's different. We, it's, it's absolutely very different. Yes, very good. Uh, yes, in that case, Abbas Shafi al Shafi al Din Andaktari Chakraborty. Okay, so first of all, I think that Abbas is the younger brother, like of the two uh, or more, right? Like, or at least of the two brothers associated with the temple. Abbas is the younger one. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, unlike yeah. his older brother, who kind of, uh, I guess, always had been more kind of um, cosmopolitan, more open to uh, new ideas, and that Abbas has been like, you know, Iruvian through and through, right? And in his younger days, um, he was deeply affected by uh, watching like the increasing accuracy presence and you know, like what and what he perceived to be the complicity of the noble houses in that. And so in, in his younger days, he was did a lot of like community uh, organizing, activism. Uh, maybe he got involved in things that are not strictly legal. Um, and but you know, he doesn't like to talk about it. But now in his older age, like, oh right, so I was at the University uh, of Uduasha, I guess, like for lack of a better name. He got a broad education in like logic, rhetoric, mathematical theory, dance, yeah, economics, sociology, like music, yeah, anything, right? Like he has a very, he's a very broadly learned man. Uh, but now in his older, like I, I think his like at le- late fifties, maybe sixty, something like that, right? He's an old guy at this point, um, and and he's sort of not mellowed out, but does not have the like it's not like mellowed out. He's still like bitter towards Akros. He's still uh, bitter towards the noble houses, but he doesn't get up to doing much anymore, other than like just complaining and lecturing. Like you know, like he's he's a very self-important man. Like he'll uh, spend his time talking, like complaining about like you know how uh, they don't do things right anymore. Like he'll have like a, a gaggle of like thing like impressionable like students who he is uh, t- uh, talking to about like oh you know very well when I was your age right uh, kids these days you know, you don't know how to um, organize anymore. You don't have the you don't have the fire that I did. Even though he himself no longer has the fire that he once did. I think, like, he would be, like, one of the things is, like, that we might see through play is how willing, like, you know, is he going to, uh, are some of his, like, younger passions going to be uh, lit anew by events of the story, like, and is he going to be more uh, involved? Uh, but for the time being, I think, like, yeah, he was expecting to be um, in charge of the temple, but then 
Viral showed up and is not interested in his priestly duties whatsoever, and that causes a fair bit of friction between the two. Like I think uh, Abbas does love his nephew, like, and and it's it's more of a oh you know like oh yeah, like why do you have to be this way? Why can't you just listen to me? Like I'm your elder. I know what's good for you, right? Like you come up with all these like. You're not the same guy you used to be before you left, right? Like that kind of thing. More, um, who else? All right. And with Vickers, I think he's like, I think there was like an initial kind of like shock when he's like, you, you've married her? Oh, I mean, but like kind of trying to hide it. Like he's, he's obviously shocked, but he also knows that he shouldn't show it, right? But I think like Vickers's uh, enthusiasm for, Eruvian culture has really won him over. He's like, ah, finally, some member of the family that I can connect to. Oh, and I think that leads into uh, another aspect of Abbas, which is that I think he, yeah. he, like he, we said he's divorced, and I think he does not have any children, right? So I think that really leads into, like, that, that plays a big part in his dealings with Miraz, where he kind of wants Miraz to be, like, his heir, right? Um, like, and it will try to shape Miraz to to do all the things that, uh, and maybe try to kind of like, I guess, what do you call it? Like, uh, live through Miraz a little bit. Like, oh, I couldn't do these things, but you can, and why aren't you? Uh, Abbas is an amalgamation of my real uncles and a little bit of me as well. So, I think one thing I want to add is that when I was young. And things were a bit more fifty-fifty in terms wait, wait, of you as in Miraz or you as in you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When things were a bit more 50-50 in terms of the science and the religion, when Miras was a child, he wasn't really aware of it, but I think there was some sort of like battle for his soul kind of thing going on between him and his father and uh, yeah, Abbas. Like, Abu Miras, what are you doing? <laughs> this, was a, this was maybe like a big thing between the two brothers, like actual arguments have being had when yeah. I was in I, I think this is the kind of argument that they've been having like since they were maybe teenagers even, right? Where... Uh, I think, like, what's his name? Zanni... Zanni... Uh, or... Zajidan. Zajidan, like, or, you know, Bhaiya, um, brother. Uh, he is, uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's mellow, like, you know, he's just, he's, like, he, he sees accuracy, like, inventions as, like, really cool, and, like, he's into that, where I think uh, Abbas would have been a lot more like you know like uh like you know sure their inventions are cool but what about our heritage right would you abandon your heritage for for mere constructs and like you know this would be the kind of thing where i, I expect like brother <laughs> it's just more fun to call him brother uh brother is more like oh just leave me alone while abbas is like we need to talk i think that's quite funny as well if like abbas is a younger brother i i, I think abbas like both need want someone to like he really wants someone to validate his like someone close to him to validate his feelings which is something he has not had right not from someone senior to him and not from someone like junior like that's why he is really taken to vickers that's why he's got these like this gang of uh, students that he uh, likes to hang around with rather than like as a kind of way to just compensate for that but i'll have to figure out like what his relationship with the uh, like the revolutionaries and the like, especially like the what is it Tardal Ajanim is because he, like I said, it would have been like involved in this stuff before, 
at no longer is. I don't know. Maybe, maybe like there are pe- people who are um, uh, calling for him to come out of retirement, as it were. I think the idea that in our crew, the only two characters who are really interested in what Abbas has to say are the two non-Eruvians. Yes, I think. Yes, I think that's a lot of fun. Like, I don't think he's like. I expect like Abbas doesn't care too much about like ethnicity, more like culture. Like, I, I mean, or at least he says he says that he doesn't care about it. He cares about it a little bit. Like he, Abbas in his own, like the way he sees himself, he sees himself as the guy who's right. Like he's the one progressing. He's pro- but he's he's progressing in the right way, right? And that's different from the idea of progress that Akbar has introduced. All right. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, that's Abbas. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I think we have like our crew. Um, there's a couple of things I'm curious about. So. When Miraz first arrived uh, in Uduasha, um, what did that like transfer of power look like? Because it seems to me that like uh, Miraz's father is kind of easygoing and not very like concerned with the kind of thing that yeah. Abbas is concerned with, but he's clearly also looking to the future, right? So like he's asked mm-hmm. Miraz to come back, you know, for some definition of quote unquote asked. And then, like, made him, if not the head priest, then, like, the next in line, right? So what has that done to the relationship between the people in the temple and the people who have come from I think this the leads into, like, that relationship where of, um, where Abbas, like, he, he does love Miraz, right? Like, I think he, he does have, like, a genuine connection with Miraz. Yeah. And so it's a, he's feeling both, like, proud in a way, like, oh, yes my nephew like my the guy the person i want to be my heir like uh he, like, you know Abbas doesn't have any children of his own like and it is the it's come back it's gonna take the it's gonna take the reins and i think the resentment is gonna build like a little bit of resentment will build more slowly as miraz rejects these duties right i think maybe there's a little bit of like like initially abbas is hoping that miraz will accept this like you know even though he has no reason to believe this right but there's a little bit of hope, and he doesn't feel too bad. It's like, oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, it would have been better if it was me because I know what to do. But you know, this this guy, you know, Miraz, like, you know, he's he's young. He'll learn. I'll teach him, right? Um, and then as Miraz right. does not respond, that's when he's gonna be like, oh, okay, you know, like I, that that that's gonna cause some tension. I think, like, I don't I don't know yet. We'll we'll find out like how much Abbas will uh, uh, try to subvert Miraz's. Um, position uh, like oh as it turns out in the in the handbook uh, over here that actually um the, the the head priest can be voted out uh by um uh, me <laughs> say that really that'd be amazing <laughs> it says it's right here it's act- it mentions me by okay, that, that, okay you know what actually i think this is a lot of fun because where abbas is trying to subvert miraz and miraz wants to be subverted but the other uh, devotees are like, uh, is that what it says though? Because I don't remember that being there. Can <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> neither can get yeah. what they want. I think I, I think the linchpin here really is the serpent. Mm-hmm. The serpent's like tag you it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you got yeah. tagged. Your career got ruined because you got tagged by a giant snake. 
Um, Joan, I think you have also been tagged by this giant snake, right? Like, it's perhaps the way that, like, you are comfortable here is because the snake has made you comfortable here. Like, what has the snake done? Also, I should start referring to it by name, but, you know. Um, what has the snake done to make you specifically comfortable in this temple? Hmm, that's an excellent question. Because your vice is snakes, right? Oh, yes. I had this idea of... Um, so, so this idea I had was reading scripture and snakes. Specifically, I, I've, I know this is a reference to something, but I've forgotten what it is, so I'm just stealing the idea. Um, that dead snakes can be skinned and some sort of, like, something between scripture and prophecy can be read on the inside of their skin, or perhaps just their shed skin, uh, if it's an immortal servant, and that Joan finds some sort of comfort in those. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So, I like this idea that, like, Joan is reading scripture, uh, and the scripture is the skin of the snake, but the snake is also kind of, like, protectively guarding Joan while she's doing mm. this. Mm. Um, so you're somewhere in the bowels of this temple, um, and it's quite dark, maybe apart from the candle that you've taken in with you. But in that, like, candlelight, we see, we see Joan reading, and then we see the glint of the snake's eyes as it is looking down on you. Mm -hmm. I think not only is it, is it, I think the presence of the snake is part of what is comforting, but I also think that what she is reading gives her some sort of certainty, like it soothes her anxiety to read things about the future, or to hear things about the future, as we've like kind of given the snake some sort of prophetic vibe. I definitely think this is someone that is going to be thinking about bad things that might happen, bad things that could happen a lot. And to be told, no, this yeah. will happen, whether it's good or bad. I think that's, that's the, the, the crux of her advice. Were you here before Miraz and Vickers arrived? I imagined arriving after. Okay. okay. But it could be before, that makes sense. if you have an idea uh, regarding that. Oh, I, I, I was just wondering whether maybe you read Midas and Vickers arriving in the scripture. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. I also like the idea of you already being there. Yeah. Well, that's good with that. Okay. Uh, excellent. Then you are obviously the person who read the hymn to Inanna for seeing yeah. Vickers' mm. arrival. That's, no, that's actually part like, of the story. This is incredible. That's absolutely... I also like that this is another point of tension between Joan and Miraz, is that Joan read the read or heard the prediction that made him come here. Except I wasn't foretold, yeah, but my absolutely. wife was foretold as a destroying angel, which is, huh. Yes. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, indeed. An angel of death, one might, one might say. Surely. Yeah. Good things. And I think, lastly, because... Um, this temple is in many ways uh, like very different from what you're normally used to, right? So there's a different set of like beliefs and social customs. Um, the way that the temple itself is built is very different. Um, what do you do to find something familiar here? Uh, yeah, good question. I think partly, Vickers has like really tried to blend in and adapt to local customs and does this kind of cheerfully. 
Like she throws herself into it with great abandon, as she is prone to do. For example, she's already convinced that Eruvian medicine is far superior to Akarosi medicine. Mm-hmm. This she has been convinced of. But uh, I think that probably, uh, I think there are two interesting things. One of them is probably comfort food. And she's not used to cooking for herself, so she has had to like learn to make Akarosi comfort food probably really badly. Because she's not fantastic at this, having grown up with servants. Uh, so like she's taken up cooking as a bit of a hobby reminding for home. And the other one is, of course, like the sport. It's uh it's you know different from Akarosi Roofball in mysterious ways. But obviously she has taken to it quickly and uh yeah, probably her uh her team is where she finds some amount of solace in that. But yeah, she definitely has a bit of a like rocky relationship. One of her contacts is a diplomat too, so she occasionally go- goes to the foreign quarter to hang out with her. And but also avoid her dad because her dad is like the kind of person who would have yes. lookouts, so that when you arrived in the foreign quarter, he would be able to accost you. Yes. Uh, point. Point of order. I don't actually have a rivalry with my dad. I think my relationship right. with my dad what is okay. your relationship with my daughter. <laughs> <So. laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I have deliberately fouled up their family relationships here. But yes, like the actual um my actual father, he's he's like he doesn't approve of my choice necessarily, but he's the kind of father mm-hmm. who's still relatively doting. And it's like, you know, you're you're my child, I'm gonna take care of you. But he thinks I married like a, yeah. the, absolutely the I wrong mean, you guy. Should, you should have <laughs> married someone that you could take home with you, so that you could be the fifth Earl of Ashcroft. Uh, not yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that basically the whole point of being put like Vickers had no talent for Starcraft. The whole reason she was put in university was to make like an auspicious match, pretty much. You know, like a match with someone, so you can carry on the family work. She had a head for right. business, but not yeah. really for science, right? So. <laughs> The idea was find a scientist husband, and then she did just the entirely yes, wrong one. Good. Okay. So. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got about uh, an hour and twenty minutes. I reckon we could at least get a start on a score. Uh, what would you say? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would love that. And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus with both their false names and true. Saumitri called Tree as the GM. Zoheb called Cloud as Miraz. Prince as Vickers. Emma as Joan. Adiyat called Soap as Abbas. Blades in the Dark and the original inspiration for Udo Asha by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions. Iruvian Playbooks by John Stone Metzger. Jalandahar Intro Music by Kevin McLeod. Outro Music in Kiravani Ragam by Yusri Nivas. Follow us at Desperate Attune on Twitter or email us at desperateattune at gmail.com. Support us at ko slash desperateattune.